Hi, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 52. I'm Azil, and I finally overthrown Walter, or maybe he's <laughs> just gone for business. I'm joined with Griffiths to discuss the newly released episode uh, 337 of Berserk. Hey. Hey, so, Griff, well, who do you like that slap to the face, huh? Uh, this was a pretty boring episode, and I'm really just concerned with <laughs> Griffith's plant powers at this point. I'm disappointed with the lack of his plant manipulating abilities, is what it comes down to. So, I'm just going to start it there. What did, what did you think? <laughs> well, you know, actually, uh, how do you say, I, I stated to, actually, you know, I didn't put that comment about flowers, plants, you know, at first, you know, when I read the, the stuff, because, you know, I felt it was probably not something very, you know... Important? Yeah, but I did figure, oh, well, you know, it could be, you know, so I'll put it in and such a thing. But yeah, as usual with uh, <laughs> summaries and stuff like that. For his, his, so basically his mastery of plants is like an, you know, encyclopedic mastery, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think what they mean is that he can make flowers bloom. But, you know, we don't even know if it's him or if it's a tree or, you know, it's the same for the cereals outside and the, the food that people get. So, yeah, it's just it was just an, a useless comment like uh, the people from the YA staff often do. So, yeah, it's, it's not... It's really not very important. Yeah. But what was important, yeah, was that... Uh major slap a on his face. Well, I mean, what was... I mean, I guess really the reaction began with uh, the preview image. Sort of like uh, when Femto made his reappearance, you know, sort of, you know, where the big... The, the climax, the money shot, was released ahead of time. Yeah. And everyone got a chance to sort of, you know, react. And the consensus was, holy shit. And rightfully so. And it was even better to see just in the context of the story. And the little... I don't know, I mean, it was great leading up to it, just because you get to see Rickert's, you know, thoughts in his place, and a little chilling afterwards, at least to me, just because, you know, he he makes his case, Griffith, you know, just ba barely acknowledges, like, oh yeah, you know, the the logo was different, <laughs> and, then, and then Rickert just walks off, leaving Griffith looking yeah. down in the dumps. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite something, I think really, I mean, someone said in the thread, I think it was Nightcrawler that... Uh, how to say, this was more of a momentous moment for Rickert rather than Griffiths. And I agree, even though it, uh, of course, has uh, pretty deep implications for Griffiths, I think this was really Rickert's moment. Yeah. And, uh, and, and what a moment. Yeah. And, I mean, it's also a great moment, I think, for Locus, <laughs> since we actually, you know, get to see him, like, I've never seen him so expressive before. He always looks kind of oh, yeah. regal and, you know, <laughs> everything. And this time he's just got the the silhouette of hair, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, uh, I mean, I'm not very fond of people trying to uh, equate uh, apostles, you know, the captains within the band of the Falcon to the old members of the band of the Falcon, but that shot where he's seeing Xama, you know, his face and everything kind of reminds me of uh, Corcus, actually, you know? I mean, yeah, so this, just... <laughs> it, this could be Corcus with long hair chewing guts out, you know, when he's leaving, you know, yeah. telling him, like, what a loser he is compared to Griffith, and he probably has the same feelings right here yeah. for record. How dare so... you touch him! Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he actually looks more pissed, like, he looks genuinely pissed, whereas uh, the other onlookers, you know, Mule, Sonia, even Charlotte... Yeah, they're just shocked. They're just, they're, yeah, they're shocked, but he's genuinely pissed. I think he's like, I went through all that trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for nothing. <laughs> that's the that's the great thing too is just that all of his 
you know, dark speeches and, you know, intimidation just, you know, basically had no effect at all on Ricker. Other than to probably help him think, yeah, you know what, I think I ought to just slap one on my old buddy. He deserves it. So, um, you know, Jose, even though we dismiss the plant thing, what do you think of the fact of that garden? Uh, the the fact it's uh, some kind of eternally peaceful thing with you know fl- flowers and butterflies and little fishes in the stream. It's like it's the polar like... opposite of yeah the the boom boom room with the, you know the ogre battles and uh, you know everything else. That would be like I don't know. I mean it's sort of the perfect opposite of that uh, that setting. We're getting to see the the lighter side of Falconia here, the even lighter side, even more than the exterior. Which, you know, at least is kind of functional as like a a defense, you know, where this is just, you know, where the the beautiful people, (laughs) the Pope accepted, are (laughs) living uh, the life. Yeah, it's completely idyllic. Yeah. So, like I said, the thread, it reminds me of uh, Roshin's Misty Valley, you know. Like, I don't imagine it ever rains in this place or it's anything... Or if it does, it's a beautiful sprinkling, you know, it's just some, you know, ridiculous, yeah, everything would be perfect. Even the yeah, even the poor weather. <laughs> so, no, it's also. I mean, Pretty the thing that blows me away is uh, just from Mura's standpoint is just the detail in the first, you know, four pages is ridiculous, culminating to me with that stupid vase with the flowers in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that is just ridiculous. The way the wings, like, it's not just that you know, like he drew a lot of wings in the past few episodes on those pillars wrapping around, but the way these ones curl outward. So you can see, like, you can just get the idea of sort of the three dimensions of this vase, you know, and how <laughs> how ornate it is, you know, and all those flowers. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And well, I think the, he's he's really been working on how to say, like, these last few years. Uh, we know episodes have taken a while to come out, but yeah, there's really been an increase. In, uh, in art detail and quality that's that's unmatched even for the series you know it's it's been there, there have been you know parts where we had a lot of details but now it's pretty much all the time and uh, and yeah this was a, this is a great example of it uh, I, I think Mira's you know not going back from that he's going to do to go all out on details from now on on uh, on the side of quality yeah I mean I mean it's it's yeah it's pretty amazing just every page. But, but what I like is uh, when you, you get to see the shot of uh, Rickett and Griffiths together, first their first meeting shot and when they slap, there's still a white, not pure white, but a background where you see you only see them. You yeah. know? And that's done for perspective with to the, put uh, them. You know. With the petals? Or the leaves? Uh, yeah, with the petals, yeah. It's to, I think I think it's uh, yeah. flower petals, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's done to have a focus on them because that's the important part. And so, yeah, I, I like that he's, de- you know, doing very detailed stuff, but he knows when to just keep it, you know, simple and focus on, on, the, st- on the main stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the mark of a great artist. Yeah. And then we get um, one of these... We get one of these shots of Rickard's face that's sort of a super detail shot, at least in my mind, where we there's a sort of familiar image of Griffith there giving his little, uh, I don't know, his asking the question, you know, what does, what Rickard, what conclusion Rickard has come to, basically, and we see the Hill of Swords in the background, and that's when uh, we get that nice big whap, you know, where Rickard's, you know, putting his, you can see him putting his hip into it and, you know, rocking Griffith back. 
Yeah, he's not he's not holding back and uh you know, you know I, I often think people are some kind of, you know, mistaken about uh what Ricard has been thinking of and what impact uh, the truth has, has had on him since God told him on uh, on the Hill of Swords in uh, volume 22, you know. When Griff when Griffith tells him about what he'll do when he knows the truth that he you know, might hate him and that be enough for him, that kind of stuff. I, I think all that stuff has been, how do you say, not slowly cooking up within Rickert, but yeah, these emotions were bottled in for a long time. And I think this episode is, you know, a lot about his emotions. Yeah. The fact when he was face to face to Griffiths, he just couldn't help it. And to hear that kind of talk from him, uh, to, to, you know, how to say, the fact he asked him, whether he he's come to have the answer to his question from you know the dream, uh, it was just too much, and that's why he reacted like that. Yeah, and I mean it's interesting because even the first time you know they they reunited on the Hill of Swords, you know Ricker still had questions. You know he yeah. he wanted to know what happened in there, and you know nobody came back except for Guts and Casca, and where was he? And, you know, basically, and it's interesting since he didn't actually see what became of Griffith before that, so he had no frame of reference for, you know, how th- yeah. you know, things things obviously went horribly wrong, but he had, he, he didn't even have the full picture of just how badly, it, you know, it was strange to see him like that again. And it's interesting, you referenced uh, what uh, Nightcrawler <laughs> said about this being sort of uh, Rickert's moment more than Griffith's. And, yeah, th- I think that's uh, that could definitely be true. I mean, this could be a non-moment for Griffith, for all we know. I mean, he's sort of playing along. And, obviously, it looks like the slap, you know, had a physical, you know, effect and a reaction. But other than that, he could just, you know, oh, well, who cares? You know, he answered me, you know, and it will be more of an issue for Rickert, closure for him, and maybe, I don't know, uh, fodder for, you know, Griffith's inner circle, little gossip. Yeah, well, it could also be as a sign of, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say an eventual break breakdown. Yeah, but, but it's a, it's uh, like a, it just, it's a, dis, it's a crack in the armor, the perfection. You know, I mean, it's a kind of an interesting. You know, you brought up how there's, a, they're in this perfect little place, and Rickard has spoiled it. You know, in more ways than one. You know, he's just sort of broken yeah. the illusion. You know, that oh, everything's perfect and everyone loves Griffith, and oh, here's my old friend, and he like just slaps him in the face. You know basically first thing on seeing him so it's like well wait a minute why wasn't that perfect you know oh what's going on everything's not perfect you know can sort of be the reaction from i could see that reaction from some of these sorts that he hangs out with so well there's also there's also the thing is i think Rickert here also embodies uh, the past yeah you know? coming when, back when he when he when he he brings out uh, the insignia and he comments on the whole the wing pattern is different now, and uh, that's the, the only words Griffiths have in re- response to what Rickard tells him. He just says, you know, ah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if even for Griffiths this isn't some kind of a time of for reflection. Yeah, you know, like on on the fact he might be pretending. That depend on the Falcon and everything like that, but yeah, he's just pretending. The old times, this isn't like the old times, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, he he sort of marches forward with that attitude, you know. I mean, at least he did on the Hill of Swords, and he's continued to introduce, you know, the band in that way. And there's even been sort of indirect, you know, it's gotten back to guts on a number of occasions. You know, first I believe, yeah, like, Grumbeld, you oh. know, introduced himself as the band of the Falcon, which you know first yep. really pissed him off. 
and then he hears it from, I don't know if, uh, Owen, I don't know if Owen directly, you know, mentioned it to him, or if he just mentioned, you know, the Falcon and Guts, you know, sort of bitterly, you know, said he was near. I don't know if that directly had anything to do with it. I mean, definitely those feelings come up whenever he hears his name. But, you know, I digress. Yeah. I'd, I would also like to think that this is uh, an important moment for Griff. It's sort of a wake-up call that, like, you know, what they're saying is obviously, you know, a symbol for everything overall. You know, the, the wings have changed, you know. You know, that means both on the insignia and obviously the makeup of the Falcons and for Griffith to sort of continue, you know, this is the band of the Falcon, you know, just like the one before, you know, it's it's just interesting to see him acknowledge it, even metaphorically, like, yeah, I guess you're right. This is not the same thing at all. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> well, I, I agree that, uh, the thing is, I'm not sure. Like, I agree with all of what you said, uh, including when it comes to Guts and the fact he was reminded. Like, you know, Owen, when he saw Owen in Ritanis, notably, yeah. he didn't... Guts could have, I don't know, he could have spat at him the, the truth or said something like that. But he was quite... Uh, he re- restrained himself a bit, I think, there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Rickard himself has been really rather elusive about it so far. He, when he talked to Owen, when <coughs> he talked to Raban, he didn't, you know, uh, yeah. say, let the, the cat out of the bag. But Yeah, he's not running around Falconia going, you know, he's not the real Griffith, or he's not the same Griffith, he's a monster, <laughs> you know, and yeah. all that. He's not, you pretty, know, pretty much. it's not like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers or something, you know, where he's running so... through the streets screaming for help. So, I mean, that, I mean, maybe that's his play, you know, that's the, the genius of it, that, you know, Griffith and him have, maybe that's their understanding here, you know, unspoken. Yeah, yeah, but I think there's also an aspect where I'm not sure they want to share that with anybody else. Yeah. You know, like Guts obviously doesn't want to share his past. It's something that's very painful for him and uh, it's very personal, so he doesn't want to talk about it. Even to his friends, he he hasn't talked about it yet. And I think it's, uh, it's the same for Rickert. I'm not, I'm not even sure he's told anything about that to Erica. And, uh, but yeah, my question is whether... I'm not sure Griffiths will be, like, impacted himself emotionally from this because, you know, he's femto inside and yeah. uh, he's he's different. Like, you know, we know he's more evil, you know, colder and all that stuff. So I actually wonder what impact this will have on him. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, like I said in the thread, I'm not sure he'll be sending God after Rikas or anything like that to, yeah. you know, imprison him. But, uh, yeah, might this have some, some impact on him? What do you think? Uh, I hope so. I mean, I'm always hoping for a little more, you know, development of Griffith's character, you know, besides just sort of the chill. You know, it's always easy for him to, you know, not care and fly above it all. And, I mean, I'm sure he will do that outwardly here when he comes back. Or, you know, if he doesn't, that would be great. But it would also be interesting to just see him sort of in his own private moment. You know, sitting on the throne, just thinking about Ricker, you know, holding that that falcon insignia up to him. You know, that could be something interesting. It doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have to be sitting there questioning everything about himself or anything like that. Just something, you know, that it... Something if it sticks in his mind a little. You know, something that... Yeah. A point that even Femto would recognize, you know, that, yeah, Ricker sort of, you know called him on something and it's like it's a fair it's a fair point so i mean just yeah. that would be you know would be enough would be interesting i agree i agree but yeah i'm not i'm not sure so far Mira's uh, really you know stayed away from uh, showing us griffith's per- perspective of things he's in our thoughts and uh yeah. well i'm not sure we'll get to see it also it would be it would be pretty nice I mean, there's also the fact 
Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we sort of get these sort of teases or morsels, which, you know, that would be, I mean, this would count for that. You know, we get to see the fact that he reacts to the slap, you know, on the, the page directly afterwards before he puts his hand up, you know, his mouth is open. He has yeah. an expression, you know, he looks like someone who's shocked at being hit. You know, I mean, he could have just been standing there, you know, stone faced, you know, like it didn't even, you know, affect him, which, you know, yeah. I doubt it actually did, you know, in any <laughs> physical sense. So, you know, just the fact that he did have a reaction, sort of a normal human reaction. I don't know if that's just for show or if, you know, it's just, you know, he's just reacting to being slapped. Well, it's interesting. you know, he does he does have a, a human body. So I yeah. think like you, you can punch him in the face and he'll bleed. But yeah, the thing is. Uh, he's immensely powerful, so it's not sure. But I like the fact on that picture you don't see his eyes. You know, yeah. I think that's a deliberate choice, and uh, it's interesting because uh, you know th- his eyes have been you know an indication of his coldness so far. The fact they are pretty much unswerving and uh, unmoving, and so yeah, by by showing him like that, it uh, it shines <coughs> a new light on his character a bit. You know, and uh, it's also a way for Mira to avoid revealing whether this had a real effect on him or not. I mean, you know, at least yeah, from my point of view, I think it shows more emotion because, yeah, because we don't see the eyes because his eyes are so iconic towards they're sort of a symbol of his power. Yeah. And so for them to be covered, you know, by a mop of hair, you know, in this scene, it it does bring him, it humanizes him, and kind of brings him down to earth. However, you want to look at that, and yeah. in, whereas. So Rickett's in the you know bottom panel. You you see Rickett's eyes very prominently. Yeah. If you know, uh, hot tears welling up. But, but he, he uh, looks yeah. very steeled still. You know. Yeah, he was. Uh, whereas when uh, Locus you know <laughs> starts getting pissed and Griffiths raises his you know and you see uh, Rickett's pretty much he he's closed his eyes. Yeah, he's ready <laughs> to accept his fate too. I like. I kind of yeah. like that. Like he doesn't yeah. know what's gonna happen next, but. Uh... Or he just is it? It's you can take it two ways. I've you know I saw it as like he's sort of ready for Locust to you know either come for him, or yeah. he's just getting ready to say what he has to say and he's paying him no mind. But uh, either way, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. So there's also uh, another thing in this episode is that we learn from the pontiff that uh, Richard Horsey uh, Griffiths still hasn't been crowned king, and he and Charlotte are still not. Uh, married together you know as a so, griffith fan i just want to say this is like the the drawing it out torture from like the standpoint yeah. of like is this gonna actually happen or is it like you know griffith quit quit holding off i know you're in total control here but it's like you know he's gonna be like the crown's gonna be coming down towards his head and then the dragon slayer will lop it off <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'll be the end well, of the series no dream for you buddy boy <laughs> yeah sorry Cheaters, well, the thing is, cheaters don't prosper. <laughs> you know, that'll be the <laughs> the, the lesson. Is uh, yeah, yeah. I actually wonder. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I wonder why it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Because and uh, then this like happens. It, and why was it brought up here? Was it just brought up as a general reminder, or is the pontiff going to be like, you know, hey, what's this? What's going on? <laughs> you know, what what the hell, man? <laughs> I didn't think well, you could get slapped in the face. I'm a little worried about this now. Well, I'm not sure this will really impact uh, the planning, but yeah, I, I wonder why it hasn't uh, taken place yet, and uh, how, you know, when we, when it will do, and if there's a reason for why it hasn't happened, what's the reason? Is that going to be? It's going to be the ultimate uh, sacrifice ceremony <laughs> when he gets crowned. <laughs> it's basically everyone in Falcone is going to be eaten by a pot. Everybody dies. Yeah. 
Well, Balls I'm going a, to ascend uh, to king of the universe, so, you know, it's going to take a lot of blood. <laughs> that would be, a, yeah, a pretty big feast, yep. I guess. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I wonder why, and uh, because it's been it's been a while since I think Falcon has been established. And you, like yeah, a, you would think it would be something that they would have been eager to, to do upon establishing the settlement. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially since Griffiths is already functionally uh, yeah. a king and messiah, and he, he's uh, he's pretty much the supreme ruler of the place. So it's interesting that he hasn't passed that. And, you know, I think that's also an indication. Next, Last time we saw uh, Griffiths on the Hill Sword, he did tell Gus that he would keep pursuing his dream, and he did tell uh, Rickard that, how to say, he implied that sacrificing the Ben of the Falcon was worth it, so long as he could keep pursuing his dream. So... <coughs> Uh, yeah, and here we see that Falconia is there, the world has changed, Griffiths could be king, he has Charlotte uh, with him, but he actually hasn't bothered yet. So I think it's also a way to imply that his old dream of getting his own country, of being king, well, it's not really a priority anymore. And, uh, you know, it's something, it might be the cherry on top, or it might be uh, one objective among others, but yeah, he hasn't rushed. He hasn't rushed to it. Yeah. So I, I think it also it's also a, a window into his motivation and his goals and uh, the way things have changed. Like people, a lot of people, you know, were like, oh, "I want to see Griffiths get his dream. I want to see such a so and so." Hey, and what's wrong with is, that? <laughs> well, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, it, it would be cool. But the thing is, you know, it's not the same with Griffiths. It's not like just he's managed to <coughs> finally overthrow a king and. Uh, and get a, a throne or anything like yeah. that. He's he's pretty much created his own, you know, uh, giant city, which is, I guess, equivalent to a country of sorts. So yeah, the thing, everything is different now. Well, I mean, yeah, his dream, his old dream, is almost like sadly banal compared to what he already is. You yeah. know, it's already so beneath him that it, you know, it begs the, you know. We've been we've discussed it before. It was brought up in the thread. You know what can this you know human dream have? What meaning can it even have to him other than a symbol of his past? You know, and yeah. whatever you know role it has to play in his ultimate plan. You know, with the God Hand. So that's yeah. that's sort of the question. And when he talks about his dream to record and guts, is that just shorthand? You know, something that they can comprehend. But he's really not talking about something else altogether. And so why well, yeah. I, I think that's a yeah actually I think it's a it's a it's a possibility, and um, it also reminds me of the fact like you, you often see uh, apostles' desires like apostles' wishes when they sacrifice are not necessarily uh, how to say the the wish granted does not exactly equal what was sought. It's a, it's always sort of a be careful what you wish for. Yeah, 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 I'm not sure how to word it, but essentially the wish is twisted a bit. Yeah. And uh, th that went for Roshin and uh, her uh, little elves, which were just monstrous. And uh, even though she had a little paradise for her, it was completely artificial. And in that sense, it wasn't real. And with also the Count, who didn't want to feel pain anymore, so he became a huge slug that could regenerate inf indefinitely. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he, so I see... he got hosed. <laughs> Roisin actually got a pretty good deal. <laughs> like, hers was close enough. <laughs> well, she still had to uh, steal children and yeah. transform them into monsters. Well, you know, it was... 
And uh, and yeah, and I think in a way, uh, Griffith's dream has also been twisted into what it is now. And while it's from the outside, it looks perfect and idyllic, and everything is nice and all. Uh, yeah, I, I think there will be a, a counterpart eventually. Wow, a reckoning you know, here, where it's like, yeah, you're gonna get to be the king of the world, but we also we need you to destroy it. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, well, you know, there's another another point here is that we still haven't seen the other members of the Gold Hand. So, you know, they are not in the garden. They don't that seem was, to be under the... That was like our number one, you know, home run, well, grand slam, like, you know, oh, if they just popped up, you know, in the background of the garden. Well, his, his we ministers... do see... We do see uh, four maids attending the tea party, you know. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, <laughs> I think I you guess. can see them in the background. Is it when, uh, when, yeah, when, uh, when Rickard's leaving, they're standing in the background, just cr- dutifully yeah. crossing their hands, waiting to well, go the to the, is... the fountain and talk yeah. about this. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, uh, actually, more than four maids, but uh, yeah, so, that was. Uh, I thought that was a funny joke. Hmm. So you know, to have them as servants, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what these guys are doing, but uh, yeah, I think the plans will eventually culminate. Do you think we're ever going to see Griffith in a casual outfit? Like, when he, you know, when he's crowned king, will he put on a robe of some kind? Well, you know, I, actually, uh, I remember I first said a while back that, like, he had only yeah, one he only costume, had one human you know? suit. But, and the thing is, the more it goes, the more I think, yeah, well, that might actually be the case. This, because, you know, uh, Charlotte's going to have a problem on their wedding night when, you know, he's like, well, actually, this is my human body. <laughs> this is... Yeah, sorry, I, I, yeah, it doesn't work, you know, like, I don't have a, yeah, sorry. When I, when I make love, I have to do it like this, and then he turns into Femto. So. Yeah, with a mega dong, you know. This is, yeah, this is when I'm naked, <laughs> so, sorry. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, it's uh, it's possible. It could be the case. Yeah, I, I mean, because he, not... you know, I don't think, obviously we didn't see him take his armor off and put it back on during the the Femto transformation with Kanishka. So, I mean, he's something, it's something magical and maybe akin to, you know, not exactly like Locus, but, you know, so, yeah. something where he can basically make it appear and disappear at will. Well, the thing is, we, we did see him naked when he was first yes. uh, incarnated. That's true. So... So we know it's possible, but yeah, there's a how to say, it's a it's a bit odd. I think that he's always wearing the armor, and I think it shows. I don't know, even if it's not something direct, like the fact uh, he has trouble. Uh, I don't know, either dematerializing or something. Maybe it also shows, how to say, in a way that he's uneasy. You know, yeah, like he's he's very powerful. He could be like he could uh, he could just wear a, a what's a, a tunic, a tunic or something. And, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like you know arrows can't kill him, a sword can't kill him, nothing can uh, harm him. But he he chooses to to dress like that. So maybe it shows uh, that he's uneasy, even in that perfect little world. Or maybe it shows also his attachment. Well, maybe it's also he... a sign that like even now, like, and this could play into the fact that he isn't already king. That he's sort of you know he doesn't want to take that last step. He's sort of you know he's always been the guy fighting to become the king. He's never actually yeah. just done it. So he's sort of you know he keeps he won't put his armor away. He won't take you know he won't put his toys away and yeah. sort of fulfill his dream here or his destiny. So. Yeah, indeed. I, I was actually going to say maybe it shows an, an attachment to what he used to be, yeah. you know, to the past. Like, remember when he was tortured, they put his armor back on and uh, he couldn't, you know, how to say, lift a sword or something. Like I think this might play a role uh, in, in his mind and maybe that's why he's so, how to say, uh, like he sticks to it. 
Also, uh, you brought up, you know, how no arrow or sword can touch him. But a, yeah. a open-handed uh, slap. Yeah, <laughs> could, a good smack to the good. face. Now, I wonder if uh, if it was just a matter of, you know, it would be too much if Vicar, you know, amazingly missed, like in Revenge of the Nerds, you know, just, you know, spun past his head. Or if uh, the merging of the worlds in Fantasia has changed the rules somewhat. Like, is it everyone on the same plane as him, in a sense? I mean, I don't well, want to. Yeah. I don't want to read too much into it, but I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty deep stuff. And uh, I think we simply don't have an answer to that yet. Yeah. But it does it does bring up a, a good question. We we are used to him being uh, completely unattainable, and uh, you know the thing is, like, yeah, we know now that he can be slapped. Yeah. So and Rickard is just a guy. He doesn't have anything. He's not in the interstice. He's not. So is it something anybody can do now or? Was Griffiths? Did Griffiths let it happen? Was he just not expecting yeah. it? It's a. Uh, I think it's a bit, you know, like even if he is wasn't it, expe- I mean, expecting even, uh, it. I mean, even we were discussing the thread. Just Rickert's knowledge. Does that set him apart? Is does he know? Because he knows what Griffith really is, you know, in a sense. Because you know he doesn't see yeah. him as being, you know, like everyone else sort of looks at him as, you know, oh, he's this faraway storybook figure. We can't, we can't even touch him. And now, well, now you know he knew he could touch him, or at least he thought he could, and he did. And I mean, theoretically, everyone else there knows now. Like, oh my God, you know, he slapped him. You know, they obvi- they're going to see Griffith a little. You know, they can't help but see him differently now. Yeah. Well, that being said, I don't, I, I don't think it's that simple because, I mean, I'm sure the Knight thought he could touch Griffith with <laughs> yeah. his sword, uh, but uh, yeah, he just it didn't work. And just like the Bakiraka when he's attacked him, they probably didn't think of him as a, some kind of. Uh, uh, messiah, messianic figure that was uh, unreachable or anything like that. Yeah, so, well, I mean, when they were shooting, when the army was shooting arrows at him, it obviously wasn't like they were missing uh, on yeah. purpose or anything. But uh, yeah, pretty much. So, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm, s- I'm thinking it's a, it's a specific thing, and we don't have the answers to that yet. But yeah, it's certainly interesting, and I think it sets a precedent that will have repercussions in the past, in the future. I mean, yeah. and even. Aside from the fact he was slapped, the the interrogation, what uh, the others will think, Sonia, Charlotte, I'm not sure Muir will necessarily, uh, would say, question it much, but, or he might actually, he might question his loyalty. And the fact he never, never even sought to refuse Griffiths. Yeah, and, and, that, and to that, see uh, this person, you know, and he kind of, I mean, part of it, the justification for that is that, well, everyone else is doing it. It's just, it's just the way it is. There's no other example yeah. other than, you know, the monstrous, you know, <laughs> villains, you know, in the tale. And so yeah. to see someone who was, you know, who knows Griffith, who was introduced basically, oh, this is my uh, this is my old buddy. And to see him, you know, just reject him like that and, you know, sort of, you know, show an alternative to just blindly following him. Well, the thing is, it, you can also see when uh, Rickard gets up from the table, they are puzzled. You know, he just says, you know, like, excuse me, I have something to do. And so he just gets up and goes see Rickard immediately. And uh, I think that in itself is already puzzling to them. Yeah. You know, like, who is this? They, they are, this? Who is so important? Yeah, they're probably not used to something like that. So, so, so you know, it brings me back a bit to what uh, Griffith said on the Hill of Swords when he told Guts that he was coming to see if... Uh, if yeah, if his if his heart he's, still he's, you know yeah had basically had feeling yeah or could be swayed. yeah and uh, we we know we know we know from the times that the boy inside him 
uh, feeds from his mother and father. And so that was a big deal, you know, for, at the Hill Sword, is that he still has the feelings of the boy inside him and uh, and all that. But I think, you know, even aside from that, the fact he, you know, gets up and goes his record, gets slaps on the face and just accepts it, listens to what Ricard has to say and watch him go, I think uh, it shows that he's still attached to his past in a, in a way. You know, like you often say, you often retort to people uh, that, uh, you know, it's not like Femto, he's not Griffiths anymore. It's not like he's completely detached. He's different but you know it's the same in a way and uh, I think this shows this shows that yeah. this shows that he's still attached to his past even if it's through you know very few things yeah or even if it's just you know even if I mean it can just be his vanity even you know you know it's like it's important because it's you know because it has to do with him you know and it's yeah. his memories and even if it's just pure or if, even if it's just intellectual you know it doesn't have to be he feels deep feelings but it's like oh this person is yeah. important because they were important to my past. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think it's necessarily emotional, but yeah, intellectually, it it matters to him. Yeah, and uh, which brings me to another thing is that guts uh, carries a brand, but Rika doesn't. So in a way, I think uh, hmm. Griffiths dealing with Rickert is also it, it also reflects that. Yeah, guts was branded. He was marked. He was part of the sacrifice. He survived through incredible odds, but. You know, in a funda- like and there's that. a fundamental way that he is now. You know, he belongs to to them. You know, yeah. that Rickard Rickard is kind of free. So yeah, exactly. So the thing is, you know, like even if, for example, I don't know, judo had survived and came to see Griffiths, I don't think he'd get the same welcome. You know, because you you can say uh, what guts. Uh, and Griffiths, Griffiths already had, uh, what's say, you know, very, you know, <coughs> I wouldn't say a kind of hatred, but in any case, he resented guts before. So you could say, well, he still resents him just like before, but I think the fact he's branded plays a big part in, in it. Yeah, that he's, and he's uh, already kind of, uh, lost, you know, to him and in his eyes, you know, I mean, he's just, yeah, it's just, there, it's on, it puts him on a different level. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, in, and in a way, in that way specifically, Rickert is really the one thing that is from Griffith's past that anchors him, that was really dear to him, and uh, that he hasn't sacrificed. So, in that way, he's very special to, to Griffith, I think. And now he's just going to sit down and tell him to sacrifice him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, I, saw, I thought about it a lot. And uh, I thought, you know, I think it'd be interesting is, uh, if uh, Rickert was jailed, like Griffith said, just imprison him. And he would he becomes uh, the man in the Iron Mask, you know, not to be shown to anyone or to talk to anyone. But I don't think, I, I think it would honestly belittle Griffith a bit if he yeah. acted that way. And I think just watching him go is a... Uh, pretty much the best way for well, to do it. I love that. Also, that shot of him is, is Rickard's walking away. And Rickard, I don't know, I'm just reading into his expression, he looks a little like, I don't know, like he's taken with sort of all the, you know, he's like, it's like he's exhaling, you know, after doing something very, you know, scary, basically. Yeah. And he's going away with strength, whereas Griffith just looks, you know, kind of like, oh, <laughs> like he just got, he didn't get that goodnight kiss, you know, at the end of the date. You know, the door well, got slammed in his face instead. I think it's, uh, like, uh, Griffith's expression is not shown much. It's just, uh, how to say, just a little thing. So I think you might be maybe reading a, a bit much. I mean, it, it, it's but, a uh, neutral expression, but at the same time, it doesn't, yeah. it, it does have a look of, you know, I mean, just his body language, 
and, yeah, he looks you know, a bit his, dejected. Yeah, and his yeah. head and everything. I mean, he obviously, he doesn't look, you know, either neutral or happy. He just sort of looks like a little, yeah. He's limp. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's been passive. And that's what he is through the whole exchange. He's passive. He hears what Ricard has to say and he almost doesn't react, doesn't do anything. So, but yeah, and I think maybe, maybe through that and reflecting back to what we just talked about, I, th- I think Ricard really has a, an important place in, yeah. uh, in Griffiths, for Griffiths. Well, I think he plays, he's important. He's more important than maybe, uh, than maybe I, uh, I thought before. Yeah, you know? I mean, in a way, like you said about the branding, in a sense, he might be even more important than, than Guts because, you know, he knows what Guts is going to think. He knows how he's going to react, and he can kind of dismiss it for that very reason. You know, he even said to him on the Hill of Swords, you know, that you always swing before you talk. And yeah. But Rickert was sort of his last shot at validation from, you know, yeah. from his past, from, you know, his human, you know, side, his self, his old, you know, human past that, you know, Rickert could say, I forgive you. And, you know, I understand, you know, you had to do this for the dream and I'm going to come with you, you know, and, and I think that, you know, that would probably have made his day, you know, that would have been like, well, great, well, of course, because, you know, this is right. <laughs> this, this is the way. Well, yeah. So I, I don't think uh, Griffiths ever expected Rickett to, you know, to join him. I don't think that even if he had had a dream, maybe when, maybe when they, he first came on the bridge, but I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he really had that hope. But uh, yeah, that, that makes a, in any case that makes a difference between him and Guts. Yeah, we're but and also because also because Guts has been sacrificed. Yes, and so you know so he's already he's already Jose he's already been consumed in a way. He, you know? Yeah, in a way, I mean, it's like yeah, he you know he his existence is sort of a, an affront in one sense, but in the other sense, it's yeah. like he's been tainted. You know, he's he's just meat. He's, you know, meat for apostles in, in another sense. Obviously yeah. not completely that way to Griffith, but it's sort of, that's just the way it is, and there's nothing he can, there's not even anything he can do about it, theoretically. That we Pretty know much. of, so. So, um, what do you think what do you think uh, Sonia will do? What do you think Sonia, Charlotte, even well, Mule or that's, Locus That's will what's do? interesting is we can just sort of, you know, come up with all these scenarios in our heads of, you know, basically, you know, people like, you know, obviously if we just assume that Griffith has stayed, you know, everyone's hand and says, you know, it basically says, yeah, we're not going to do anything. Don't touch him. Let him go. But, you know, Sonia, I think, would be the number one candidate to sort of sneak down into the city and go where Rickard is staying and try to just try to talk to him. And I mean, some, I mean, I can also see people there just having a mind to, you know, whether to talk to him in a friendly way, want to know the truth to also, you know, what the hell do you think you were doing? You know? Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree with that. I I think, I think even Sonia could be very vehement about it. Yeah. I could see it go both ways. She, she was nice to Shiruke because, because she's like that. And Shuki was not uh, perceived as a danger to Griffiths, but you know, for Rickard, I think she could be, she could be different. She could go about it differently. As that being said, I also think she could, she might just be curious and, uh, yeah. given her, given her ability to read into people's minds, well, she might learn the truth that way. But that also brings into you know the mind what will Rickard do from the, will he stay in Falconia? Will he go out and try to survive in the wild? Yeah, I mean that's just it's. It's hard to, I mean, I guess he can just stay. I mean, if he just feels like he said what he needed to say and, you know, this is the, 
the, the last human settlement on Earth. I don't know if... I mean, because Erica is sort of the complicating thing. Obviously, he's done what he had to do. It could potentially... It could have potentially endangered, you know, her and him and his party. Yeah. But now is he going to sort of see, okay, let's see what happens. You know, the ball is in Griffith's court. Yeah. I myself don't think he's going to leave Falconia or anything like that. And... uh there's, I mean, there's there just might... there's nowhere for him to go. I mean, it would be like if uh, yeah. if he left, it would just be him almost going out alone into the wilderness because you know he can't catch up to guts. You know, he can't meet him. Yep. You know, pretty much. But yeah, it bring it brought into my mind the idea that maybe there's also another uh, settlement or something that he could. Uh... No, not necessarily because I don't think it could reach it. But you know, there, there used to be uh, subterranean tunnels or stuff like that uh, in the old city, and I wonder if these things also exist uh, in Falconia and mm. if maybe I wouldn't say a resistant movement exists but there's a group of people who live as some kind of outcast of Falconia you know yeah, that kind of stuff so of course it's just pure speculation and I'm not very convinced it's the case but that could be uh, I think an option for him to start living as some kind of I wouldn't say like a hobo living in the you know abandoned metro station but almost but like a living kind of like a an exile hiding out you know yeah, yeah. To, to so there's a, there's that, or there's the possibility he'll just be a nameless Smith walking in a guild or something like that. And but in any case, you know, I think we've been introduced to Luca, Daiba, and all that little group for a reason. And uh, I I see them uh, quickly forming up a a group, a tight group that will walk. Yeah, uh, not necessarily in Griffith's favor. Yeah, I mean, especially if, uh, yeah, if other forces should come to Falconia, whether Guts is among them or not, other sort of people that are, because I was thinking, like, if he did leave, and obviously this is already a what if, but if, you know, even if he, assuming he left, it could be a window into, like, if there is life outside of, you know, Falconia, yeah. some people who have found a way to subsist you know, and form their own settlement, you know, that are sort of resistant to the idea of living in Falconia. Whether they yeah, well, I, have any ideological, you know, thing against it or knowledge, you know, something, you know, I mean, a, a settlement basically led by Salat. Yeah, well, that would be pretty cool. I, I, I would even like to see a, say a group of people like the people in Enoch, you know, living... Uh, because yeah. they've managed to to find a way back to the old ways and using uh, I don't know benevolent <coughs> spirit to protect themselves from uh, trolls and other creatures like that. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it would be interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we'll get to Syracuse. But that yeah, now. even like you said, if he just became like you know Town Smith number you know 512, and you know we'll see the the wedding procession or whatever coming through the street, it would be interesting to see him catch eyes with you know people in the party and for them to see him and you know. Yeah, just yeah. have a moment, just w for everyone to remember. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Actually, yeah, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea. It could, be, it could be something where there's a, a, a wedding procession or something like that, and Rickard sees it from afar, and then Sonia catches him, you know, from the corner yeah. of her eye, and she she goes off to to talk to him, since she probably, I mean, most certainly will be unhappy with the, with the wedding, so yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good, pretty good guess, I would uh, would bet money well, on here's it. Well, a, here's a bad guess. <laughs> Let's say, you know, they're about to have the wedding ceremony slash crowning, and that's when Griffith catches Rickard's eye and, you know, wets his pants and throws up and just ruins the whole thing. That would be funny, though. <laughs> But yeah, well, yeah. Well, probably not. 
But uh, so yeah, it would be interesting. Just sort of either way. I mean, I I said it in the thread. I feel like it's you know, Miura's got house money with the way he set this up. Like it doesn't matter what he does, it's going to be really yeah. interesting, and it's already really cool. Indeed. So, um, what do you think? Uh, I saw someone in the thread uh, mentioning the fact we still don't know about who infiltrated the castle or whether it, it was an infiltration. So, what do you think about that? Oh yeah, um, I, I kind of forgot about that. Uh, with all this excitement, um, I don't know. I mean, is that just a? What do you think, really? Because I mean, you can get you know more subtle sort of nuance out of it, I think, than I can. Just is that sort of a throwaway detail? I mean. Um, they could have come up with any excuse to sort of lose, uh, yeah. to lose him. So I mean, we might cut to that, or it might be something where Griffith—I mean, not Griffith, Rickert on the way out—that could he could touch on that again, and it could suddenly become uh, relevant to him. Well, I think there's like three options. The first one is uh, Locus set it up as a distraction to get uh, Rickert away from Owen, so he could get him all to himself and <laughs> so he could really to... intimidate him and scare him and get him in yeah. line. Good job, Locus. <laughs> yeah, so he could yeah he could do a terrible job of trying to intimidate him. Yeah, uh, I think the other option is. Uh, Maybe an infiltration from the outside, like the Bakiraka. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, there's a one that's the best at the kind of job, and the third option would be a group of people within Falconia, Falconia residents, who are you know forming a kind of resistance to Griffiths. I don't know that could be old nobles or you know something like that. Could be really many things. So yeah. I think these are the two options. And honestly, so far I. I'm not really sure. I don't have any particular preference. Yeah. Uh, I I think it would be. It's interesting that the two guards were for un- unconscious and not dead, but other than that, uh, I mean, there's not really, there's not much to say. Uh, it could, I think it could go in many different ways, but, you know, as always with Mira, I don't think it was a And I mean, did they say we... it was, uh, are we certain it's more than just one person? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was two guards. Oh, well, it was two guards knocked out, but I mean, was it, you know, it could have just been one person oh. that infiltrated. Oh, yeah, yeah, it could have been one guy knocking up two, two, two people, so yeah, yeah, it's just, uh... Okay. We, we don't know, we don't know more than that. They just found two people, uh, unconscious, and it could be anything or anyone. They could have been knocked heads walking in a corridor <laughs> and just, you know. So, but yeah, I was saying, like always with Mira, I think, this will not be just a detail that doesn't matter. Yeah. It will, uh, it will come come back. But, yeah, another question is, do you think, what do you think will will be the next episode? Do you think we see Rickert walk out the castle? Do you think we see uh, uh, Griffiths give him a last line before he goes off or, I don't know, calling Locus to arrest him or will it cut back to Gus? I do, I do want take? to see him. I wish, the only thing that could have made the ending of this sweeter was if, like, Rickert brushed past Locus. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like, you know, not bumps him, but it's sort of like close enough where they could, you know, physically feel each other like in a yeah, out of my way <laughs> like kind of manner. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I hope it's going to continue. I hope we're going to get to see the fallout from this in the aftermath, both Rickert walking away and his thoughts about what he's done. And, you know, like probably <laughs> thinking of Erica and like, I don't maybe that wasn't such a good idea. You know, like it felt it was right at the time. Uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Locus. I'd like to see everyone's reaction, basically. I'd like an entire episode of a reaction, if possible. So it worries me, the idea that we're going to... You know, I'm imagining this in a volume, ending with Rickert walking away, and then a black page, and, you know, oh, it's, you know, back on the boat. Well, 
Well, yeah, the thing is, I think cutting back to Gus uh, would make it uh, very suspenseful. Yeah, you know? like it would. It'd be almost a cliffhanger. It would be horribly so. suspenseful to me. Yeah. <laughs> be just like, ah! <laughs> Well, and yeah, so the thing is, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the case. Yeah, Although, because, of course, I mean, I, 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 you know, down to, you know, nuts and bolts, brass tacks, it said everything it needs to say. I mean, we don't necessarily yeah. have to get every, unless it's going to lead down, you know, something, you know, directly bigger. We don't necessarily need to get everybody's, you know, detailed yeah. reactions to what happened. So yeah, that worries yeah, me because I, I, I really would like that. <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think... All that need to be said and shown uh, was said and shown. So, if we if we get reactions, it's either leading to something bigger or it's just you know why. Well, I mean, it's it just must be leading to something bigger. So, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure we'll, we'll get it, but uh, yeah, it, it would be sweet. And um, regarding Erica, well, the thing is, Rickert really wanted to go with Gut at the time when he yeah. learned the truth, and he stayed back for Erica. So I think. Even though he cares greatly about her and, and all that, uh, when it came to to seeing Griffiths and this is well, like something he had to do. Yeah, he had to do it. Like it's not something you can't you can't just you know. I mean, what should he have done? Oh well, thanks. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Bye. <laughs> that just wouldn't fly, you know. And uh, he wouldn't have been a man to do that. And I think, yeah, it's it's all this whole episode also shows. Even beyond that, this whole little thing with Rickert we saw, even since they came out of the forest, and uh, it shows how far he's progressed as yeah. a as a as a person well, from the little boy we we used to to see. Well, it's also it's consistent too in that I mean he's always been very brave. Just you know, I mean we saw yeah. it, you know, uh, during the Dodre, yeah the Dolgy battle when you know <laughs> as Carcass you know put it after Rickert is basically. He's trying to rally everybody, you know, rally the troops. He's injured, and he's trying to, you know, rally them because he, you know, and he just, and he's so passionate. You know, I mean, this sort of sums him up. You know, in the scene, he's brave and he's passionate yeah. and conscientious, and he believe he yeah, was I, a true believer. You know, in the yeah, Falcons, he, maybe yeah, more much. than anybody. And so, yeah, and I just love that. You know, Rickard's gone insane from uh, Carcass in that scene, and it really, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he does believe these things, and so I feel like this was just involuntary. I mean, he just got up there. He's—I don't think he knew what he was going to say, and you know, yeah, he was thinking about everything he saw and looking for words. And then when Griffith spoke, that's when, yeah, it just—that it, happened. It came out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a that shot of the of the hill source. Yeah. You know, I think that's really that's really it. And what what he says is very like the fact he feels ashamed of himself for not having been able to go with the others to rescue Griffith and. Uh, you know, it's I a know, survival it's like a, I mean, it's a, it's like an apology to him for for not coming to rescue him, but at the same time, it's like a twist of the knife to Griffith because it's like, yeah, you know, it's like yeah, he it's... he feels bad, you know, that yeah, he just he couldn't won't... even come, you know, and look, you know, what? How did I repay everyone who did? Yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, he wanted to die with the others, yeah. so you know, it's a it's a form of survivor's guilt where yeah. he's the only one that lived. I mean, Guts and Casca live through it, but they're both damaged in their own ways. And, uh, yeah, he couldn't come, and he didn't even die when the, the Count and Roshin just butchered the guys that had stayed behind. So, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's even more, I, I think it's very honest of him, and he really, how to say, he's laying out his inner feelings in his most precious thoughts to Griffiths, you know, as a way to, how to say, 
he's addressing the problem. Yeah. You know, like he, he has had that bottle up inside of him for so long and he's just laying it all out. So it's, it's another way, like we also, I think we've, we've uh, discussed before how Guts and Rickert have been dealing with the pain of what happened yeah. in their own and ways, different ways. And it's something Griffith has never actually dealt with or engaged in. I feel like until yeah. now, because on the Hill of Swords, he just was saying his dream stuff, you know, and he was sort of, he was sort of, it was all, you know, rationalized. You know, yeah, he was sticking to the character. Yeah, you know? it was, you know, it was all part of the plan, you know, oh, how fitting, you know, and here we are, reunited, and, you know, I'm going to get the dream. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the way we see that, and that's why that panel, to me, is that, uh, that double page where you see Griffiths uh, asking him, you know, uh, if, he, if he's got uh, the answer he was looking for and that kind of stuff, and you see the... The graveyard at the back, it's very, you know, it's very powerful. And Enrico's face, his face is, you know, uh, it's impossible to describe to yeah. me. It's you just, know, he looks, you know, uh, I mean, it's that, yeah, I was, that was the one I described as sort of, you know, f- almost sort of photorealistic, like, in its detail, but also just that look on his face. It's like he's possessed in that scene, yeah. like, where, you know, he's possessed by the moment, and he's just, you know, so full of, you know, emotion, you know, like to the point where he can't help himself. I mean, you can just imagine it's not sadness, anger, everything, and, you know, swelling into that hit. Yeah. So, yeah, well, great episode. Yeah. One of the best. But then again, we say that of every episode. <laughs> but yeah, this one was uh, was very powerful. And, uh, and I mean, I you know, no, some of them just have like elephants moving, you know, and horses and stuff, you know. <laughs> it's just they're yeah, getting from here well. to there. They don't all have Rickard nice. slapping Griffith in the face. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Just like, you know, not all of them have uh, Skull Knight trying to kill Femto and failing and uh, then Ganesh I like it, dude. I want to see if we, <laughs> we should do a Photoshop, really, of this, a reaction page of everybody reacting. You know, everyone, you know, Skull Knight looking over and it's, <gasps> you know, everybody just, you know, why couldn't I do that? Well, you know, you should see. We should get the skull knight pointing from uh, when uh, the incarnation took Basically, place. Basically, yeah, you you're know. the man <laughs> pointing at Rickert, though. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like this kid. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good, and I like the fact, you know, it took place on that little bridge over the stream, uh, which uh, the episode is titled after. I thought it was also fitting. I mean, it, well, as a way, everything in know, this episode is like a symbol. Yeah, like they meet on this bridge, yeah. and Rickert, you know, he's obviously not going to cross it. You know, into yeah, this and, little uh, world. Indeed, and it shows also. I think yeah, it shows the divide between two worlds, and also the past and the yeah. present. Uh, you know, all that stuff. It's very, very symbolic. So, yeah, pretty, pretty great. Everything was uh, was pretty great. I also thought, you know, that's a detail. But does Griffith's hair look longer to you? It does actually. I'm looking at it on the last page, and it's just. Uh... Yeah, it does, and in the back too. Well, in the back, it's always been yeah. kind of long, but I mean, yeah, I can't remember his uh, the hair in the front going down so low. Yeah, well, so it was just a little detail. So, well, I think we've covered most of it. Yeah, I guess that's it for uh, this episode. All right. Well, uh, that's it for now. See you guys for the next episode, and uh, hopefully, water will be there that time. All right, bye. <laughs>